Nobody questions things in this country anymore. Nobody wants to rock the boat. It's all bullshit, folks. It's all bullshit, and it's bad for you. But we believe them because they're pounded into our heads from the time we're children. Children should be taught to question everything, to question everything they read, everything they hear. Welcome to Question Culture with Brian and Lornette. This is a bi-weekly podcast where each episode, Lornette and I will be discussing and questioning conventional wisdom about a topic we believe is important. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at QCulture. That's Q-U-E-C-U-L-T-U-R-E. There we share the links to the documentaries, articles, and books we reference on each episode. On today's episode, we'll be questioning homophobia. How's it going, Lornette? Hey, what's going on, Brian? It's Lornette Vestal. Uh, hi, everybody. You can follow me on uh, Lornette Vestal at, on Facebook. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at EvolvingManLBV. I always say that. I don't know if I ever get any followers from the podcast, but if I do, that's great. Also, um, if you are a listener and a recurring listener, um, you know that we kind of, our subjects are, are always very uplifting and, and inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just joking. Uh, we, we talk about some serious shit. But um, if you want to get away and like a nice summer read and escape, uh, I am also an author. So my wife and I, my lovely wife, Bernita Haynes, you can follow her at Bernita's Rights on Twitter. We have the duology, so not a trilogy, duology, called the Faders and Alpha series. And you can get the first book, Even the Faders, or you, and you can get a sequel um, with cover art by me. Aya and the Alphas. So that just came out just in time for Pride Month. So we've got a, a, a female superhero who happens to be polyamorous and queer. So um, not not the standard fare. So if you like Thor, you probably <laughs> like the Faders and Alpha series. But uh, check that out. Uh, follow us on social media. Like Question Culture on social media. Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter. And uh, one day we'll have a Twitch account. And we can post on there and be down with the cool young people since we're since we're talking we just were talking about getting old. Anyway, um, happy uh, summer solstice! It is the longest day of the year, but we hope to have a, a pretty quick podcast. Uh, not quick, but uh, a concise. Uh, so we, we're talking about homophobia. So, <laughs> anything else, Brian? Before we get into it, now let's get into it. I mean, a part of me, you know, when we were picking it, we picked this topic because, you know, it's Pride Month and we wanted to kind of both um, pay tribute to all the people that fought hard um, to get the, you know, LGBTQ uh, rights that there are. Um, but then also on the, at the same token, it seems like the pendulum starting to swing back the other way and there's all these trans and anti-gay laws and stuff. So there's seems to be we're not, you know, completely <laughs> cured of the scourge of homophobia and I mean, in a way, it's almost this this topic almost seems like silly to me in that, like, I don't know, just in the 21st century, the fact that we're still dealing with this shit, it feels like we're doing a podcast on why we shouldn't be hunting witches. <laughs> you know, I fucking like, know. I it's can't just, believe we're not past this. It's just like we can't let humans just live their lives, whether it's a uh, trans individual, whether it's, uh, you know, people who are bisexual or lesbian, gay um, and, and and then you see that bullshit that came out with the Texas State Republican, um, which they just represent all Republicans. And, and, and if we want to be honest, if you listen to our two party system podcast, we say that there's very minute differences between the Republicans and the Democrats. Democrats are just 
um, Republicans with gay friends. Um, so so a little bit liberal on, on, on LGBTQ rights. Sometimes, because some of them are just as homophobic and transphobic as the re- has their GOP brethren. But anyway, did you see that shit that came out recently with Texas? No, I didn't. I didn't well, they see refer that. to like that. There's like it's it's just a, a ultra conservative, far right platform, um, basically claiming that Trump never lost the election. They talking about they want to succeed again because, of course, they also want to succeed. Uh, all abortion should be illegal. Period. Um, they call LGBTQ individuals an abnormal lifestyle. As like praying to an invisible sky daddy who gets mad at you for <laughs> masturbating is normal. Like, I mean, it's just an anti-woman, anti-LGBTQ you know, LGBTQ platform um, that's you know, racist and homophobic and, and sexist. So um, all the stuff that we talk about in this podcast, uh, all the things that we dedicate our lives um, to fight against. And yet here in 2022, we still have the same Christian fascists uh, who align themselves with the corporate fascists who are supported by the liberal fascists um, because... You think you have democracy in America, but you fucking don't. Um, so let's kind of get into a little. We'd like to uh, go into a little history and then talk about modern times and then, you know, go into solutions. So folks who listen to our podcast kind of know. So I have a little bit of history about the history of um, criminalizing, criminalizing of the LGBT community through the centuries. So we're going to go way back and then kind of bring it to modern day. So um, LGBTQ people have faced legal uh, proscription for hundreds of years, initially under religious laws, in particular those imposed by the Abrahamic faith. So the Abrahamic faith, for those who might not know, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. And they call them the Judeo-Christian religions. Um, I know. I know. George Bush didn't like that. Oh, no? I know. You know, he was, you know, George Bush was like, you know, he wanted to start the new uh, crusades against Islam. Yeah, they Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, he's yeah. all the uh, Islamophobia starting there. Like, but I'm like, you guys have the same fucking similar religion, so I don't know how you hate each other. Like, it's basically like the same fantasy story, just like different series <laughs> within that world. <laughs> you have like The Hobbit, and then you have like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> well, I just like that, you know, I saw this, you know, Colbert report back when Stephen Col- before Stephen Colbert was a complete sellout. He would have like interesting guests on the Colbert report, and he had this one uh, guy who was like, you know, um, he's like, you're an atheist. So, like, what's that like? Since he's all Catholic. And he's like, well, I just take it one God farther, farther than you. Like, we don't worship Vishnu or, I mean, some people probably do. Or, you know, Zeus or, you know, uh, Mars, the god of war. You know, Quetzalcoatl. Is that what you call the, the Mayan god or something like that? Uh, if I got that wrong, I apologize to my... Uh, per usual, we're butchering names. <laughs> yeah, but we're not, we're not, we don't worship gods of the old world, um, pre-colonial colonization. It's just it's Christianity, Islam, and Judaism uh, one out <laughs> over the other uh, religious sectors and sects. And, uh, but anyway, I'm getting off the point. Later on the secular legal codes, often drawn heavily on theology, these traditions preceded them. Um, so this is about criminalization of um, LGBTQ people. Um, has European powers expanded their control and influence over much of the world, i.e. colonization? They took their legal systems and laws, criminalizing LGBTQ people with them, imposing over a diverse, uh, imposing them over a diverse in, indigenous traditions where same-sex activity and gender diversity did not always carry the same social and religious taboo. So a lot of the indigenous and ancient cultures 
um, had, you know, multiple genders, um, different types of um, sexual relations was uh wasn't taboo or anything like that between consenting adults um multiple or two or yourself because i know some christians out there are like masturbation is bad you don't get hairy palms uh, <laughs> if that's the case then i should look like sasquatch by the hands so <laughs> <laughs> uh, and not to mention i had premarital sex so i'm all i'm all fucked i would be fucked in texas since they want to ban all all sex education Besides asking this only, because that works for teenagers. Just don't have sex, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why states that like force like absent only education have like the highest teen pregnancy rates. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting, you know, when I was doing, you know, reading about this topic, how just how just like you know, the genocide of the Native Americans was the part of the foundation of this country, and the slavery of Africans was the you know foundation. It, it's also homophobia oh, is like a foundation yeah. of, of the country and really started in colonial times, you know, with like kind of based off Puritan norms. I mean, you kind of touched on the gender roles there. And that kind of is where it spawned off of because they had very strict rules about family and how, you know, there's one woman and one father and, and they raise the family and the woman takes care of the house and the father goes out and works. So it's like these ultra strict gender norms and then you know as a byproduct you know the heterosexuality as the norm was established at the very founding of the country and even before you know early in the 1600s when Europeans started arriving and you know I was kind of surprised that um, I guess I shouldn't have been but even early on in the 1600s like I read that uh, this man Richard Cornish of the Virginia colonies was tried and hanged for sodomy and then uh, these two women, Sarah White Norman and Mary Vincent Hammond in 1649 were, were charged with lewd behavior, um, which is to believe, believe to be like the first conviction for lesbian behavior in the New World. So it's really from the very, very beginnings of the country um, that this homophobia was kind of built into the system. Yeah. You know, you know, something I thought was, I mean, it's disgusting, but it's hilarious in a, in a morbid way. But I guess in 1779, Thomas Jefferson pr- proposed a Virginia law to make sodomy punishable by mutilation rather than death. But the Virginia legislature didn't allow it. And I just find it hilarious. So like Thomas Jefferson, like he's the he's progressive by saying, you know, we should just be cutting off dicks instead of killing people. And that's like the progressive take at the time. You know? Yeah, like, well, the fact of the matter is that Thomas Jefferson was a fucking rapist himself. So, I know, right? So sorry, you people who worship the f- founding fathers like they're some religious deity, deities or some shit like that. He was a rapist. Sally Hemmings was not consenting to have sex with him. She was his property. So she had no fucking choice in the matter. Whether she wanted to fuck him or not, she didn't have a choice in the matter. She, he was going to he was gonna fuck her anyway. Um, in more ways than one. So um, he was a fucking rapist. So maybe he should have took his own advice and cut off his own junk, but he didn't. <laughs> and I'd like to add, like always, there's two different sets of laws f- between rich and poor people. So just like with the abortion with abortion laws, how when you restrict abortion, that only hurts poor women because rich women will still figure out a way to get a safe abortion. Yep where poor people are subject to, you know, these horrible botched abortions and things. That was also true with the homophobia. Um, the president, James Buchanan, he, he was a lifelong bachelor, quote unquote, and had a long term relationship with William Rufus King, who served as his uh, vice president under Franklin Pierce. And the two men lived together for a decade and a half. So most historians, you know, accepted that James Buchanan was, 
um, was, you know, gay. Um, and, and like we said, nothing wrong with that. You know, be be who right, you are. Right. I'm just <laughs> saying, you know, it was fine for him as a president. But then at the same time, people are being executed, you know, for. Well, that, that's stuff, the, that's so the just, thing. That's, that's so funny because uh, um, and this might be changed a little subject, but it's still along the same lines. Um, I saw a Twitter Twitter thread um, and some, you know, they were talking about Northwest and how like she's going to have like a Kanye West and Kim Kardashian's daughter is going to have like a billion dollars by the time she's 14. And one guy commented on and be like, oh, yes, of course they will, because, you know, their family's hoarding wealth. And like all the people who quote tweeted and was in the mentions being like, you hate like they're building generational wealth. Are you counting other people's money? Uh, I, I would I would want to do the same thing for my children. I'm like, first off, what fucking 14 year old needs a billion dollars? Just for real. Like what human of any age. Needs exactly. A and it's like you have half the world population living off less than two dollars a day. And you got one person with all this money and everybody's like, that's great. So it just it just shows you that, like, you know, people. In this country, it's a critical mass of stupid people who strive to be just like those rich assholes. And like George Carlin said, it's a big club, and you're not in. You're, you're not in it. And the rich people have always been like, "Do as I say, not as I do." So they can have like you know, uh, secret same-sex lovers and, and be on it and be you know um, maybe openly, but not so openly you know queer, but also at the same time passing laws and, and criminalizing. Um, people just like them but because they're poor you know have lots of money they're fucked <laughs> yeah and this is you know a lot of the time because lornette and i are american we focus on you know issues within the united states which this is definitely an issue in the united states but similar to you know discrimination against women and even racism this is a global issue Oh, exactly um because like, like in some countries it's punishable by death still to be like gay I remember uh, my uh, wife and I went on our honeymoon to Jamaica, and Jamaica is a very homophobic country, and it said on the website of the hotel that gay couples were not allowed. And I was like, holy shit, you know? Like, it's crazy. Yeah, Jamaica, like, you have have folks eking out existence in, like, this open sewers in that, that country who are part of the LGBT community, and it's fucking disgusting because it's like, they're your fellow citizens. Like, who... And, and and the thing that really pisses me off in moving back to the United States, because um, I can speak about this country better than I can other countries, because I'm, I'm not a Jamaican native. Um, I, I, you know, I know I have very anecdotal knowledge about Jamaica, but United States, the funniest thing is that the so-called political party that wants government out of everything seems to always be making laws either, you know, inside a woman's womb <laughs> or like what people do in the bedroom or how they present themselves to the world. Um, as someone decides, as, as someone's of sound mind and is like, hey, I think, you know, these are my pronouns. I'm transgendered, whether they want to get an operation or not. Um, who can, that's that, that's on, that's, that's, that's that person's decision. And that should be theirs to make, especially what's weird in this country that we are claiming about being individuals, yet we always are conforming enforcing conformity upon everybody. You have to be Christian. You have to be this. You have to be this. And if you're not, you're somehow abnormal. And it's a very like, it's like a, it's the, uh, it's a tyranny of the minority. Uh, <laughs> so apparently like there's a, there's some, yeah, it's, it's this whole thing. Like you have to be this way. So like you have to be tall, dark, and handsome. You have to be super skinny to be attractive. If you're like a woman or something, it's like, like very few people, you know, meet these slim ideals of like what's acceptable 
and everybody else is kind of just falls close to it or some way of way opposite of that. And that's fine because that's the beauty of humanity that is very diverse. But it's funny that the so-called political party is like, we're all about individual liberty and freedom, personal freedom. And they're in, and they're in people's lives in the most intimate of ways. Yep, exactly. Yeah, another kind of interesting fact that I was so, um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but um, when Germany was rounding up Jewish people, they were also rounding up homosexual people. And they were putting, like how Jewish people had the, the Jewish star placed on them. Um German uh, homosexuals had pink, pink upside down triangles placed on them. And I found it interesting that when Allied forces liberated the camps, um, the the homosexual people were um, the uh, were the last to be kind of like saved and let go from the camp. So they even like they still faced the, you know, they faced discrimination as like the Jewish people were getting let out. The allies were still like, you know, fuck those gay guys, you know, so it was kind of interesting how the the you know kind of the submission of people in different countries and then also they face you know discrimination even from the people liberating them um no it's kind of crazy that's yeah i didn't i didn't know that but i'm not surprised so it's totally fucked up in Mm -hmm. so many ways uh yeah yeah and 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 just a personal story for me is when i was very young i think i was about seven or eight um i have an older sister she's about nine years older than me um, and she, she came out, she was in high school at the time and she was like, I'm a lesbian. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and this is like early nineties. This is like 92, 90, 93. So I, I, I'm like, you know, a kid then. Uh, and I was like, all right, you're saying my sister and I love you. So what does that mean anyway? And she's like, that means I, I date, I, I, I like women. I'm attracted to women. So I was like, all right, cool. I am too. <laughs> I was a little kid, so I was like, I like the cute girl in my class, so I guess I my, can relate. My sister likes the cute girl in my class, so cool. But I, I didn't care. And then, you know, when I was a little older, my mom and my dad, um, his brother was, was gay, and we go over his his brother's house all the time. They, they fucking had a nice crib. That crib was fucking tight. And, like, they, they, shit, shit, they shit was, they had a nice-ass crib. And I, I didn't give a shit. Like, they were, like, together. I'm like, that's, that's them. I didn't have a problem. Like, I knew they were a couple. They were two guys. I mean, but it's like, whatever. So it just never, it's for some reason, even even though I grew up religious, I just never understood that. Even when the church would preach, like, oh, it's, it's a sin, Leviticus, blah, blah, blah. I just never, like, fucking understood. I'm just like, who cares? I'm like, they're not fucking you. So, I mean, obviously, 10-year-old me didn't think that. But 10-year-old me was just like, it's my sister. I love her. When I get a little older, in my teen years, I'm like, but who's it? why is it bothering anybody? Like, and like George Carlin says in his stand-up, like, suddenly religious anti-abortion you know, uh, abortion advocates be all for same-sex marriage? Because, like, that, they can't have any children. I mean, they can, but, like, not the, not the way a heterosexual couple can. I mean, they could probably adopt a kid, which they don't even let gay couples adopt kids in some states and shit like that. So it's, like, it's totally fucked up. I'm like, if a kid needs a good home and family, who gives a shit if they have two moms, two dads? Or you know a non-binary uh, person as their parent, as long as they can raise the kids and, and give them love and, and, and that's fine. So I just is it something that never really. It was something that was always kind of foreign to me too, because my dad's cousin is gay, um, and his partner had been around. You know, ever since I was a very very little kid, his you know he's had the same um, husband partner, um, and so they were always just around at family parties, and it was. 
you know, I, I'm sure it was hard at the time, but eventually the family, you know, just clearly came to accept it, you know, like the older people in the family. Um, and so they were always around. And so I just grew up and it was, you know, I didn't think anything of it. It was just another couple in the family, you know, I never, but I did, there was definitely still, I'm hoping it's better. You know, obviously I don't have any kids, so I don't know how bad homophobia is, but I know it was still really bad when I was in high school, you know, in the early 2000s, um, gay kids would still get bullied definitely a lot. Um, and I know, you know, I have a lot of friends now, um, that are gay, but they didn't really come out until in college and stuff. Um, and to me that, you know, just symbolizes that it was still, uh, something that was very hard to do, you know, in high school and stuff. Yeah. We had a friend Um, that like, you know, came out years later. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, it it was kind of like, you know, big, big I had that too. A couple of friends that came out in adulthood too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's fucking just like, how crazy is that? And my wife had a friend who like has been in a relationship with the woman. Man, she has a, a former friend. They had a falling out because they turned out to be racist. But anyway, uh, she was still like lying to her parents and she was like in her thirties, like was with a woman, but like didn't want to come out. And this is like, what the, like, that's how dangerous is it? Well, also something that's normalized. So even though I say as a kid, you know, I, I still love my sister and my, you know, my uncles, I had no problem with them being like gay and stuff like that. The language and how like normalized it was just be, dropping the you know the f word and saying that's gay and all this type of stuff and like making little homophobic jokes towards you know folks and and uh, your friends when you're fucking around like you know in school and like you're talking shit and you're like oh you're gay no you're gay f word f word that and it's how normal it's just as normalized as sexism it's so in in the culture it's just like and it's just so like oh i don't really mean that it's just and it, like you you do, eventually you do it does build up into you and then you go institutions like school and church where they're teaching you like, oh, these people are bad. And it's like, yeah, it's something you have to unlearn constantly. And and I am happy. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, I did unlearn it. Like I said, I, I was always accepting of gay people, but definitely growing up, the F word was just used as a way to say lame. So anything that was lame, you would use the F word instead. And we used it all the time. Or something time. that sucked. You're like, oh, that's so that's so gay. And it's like, yeah, yeah that's just... Yeah. But, you know, over time, you know, so I stopped using it and I would never say that now. And so I do think that does show, you know, I actually think that, you know, because of activists and, and people doing things that the a lot of people in the country have grown a lot and have become very accepting, um, you know, as they should. And so I do think that is a there's a lot of positive signs in kind of the gay rights movement in the country that I'm, you know, happy that have happened. Um, oh yeah, I think the, the the craziest and saddest thing also is the United States is one of the one of the few countries in the world where, um, despite all the hatred and homophobia that runs rampant in this country and that still exists, so I'm not denying that. Uh, the culture overall is much more accepting than other cultures across the world, uh, mm-hmm. as far as the LGBTQ uh, individuals. Um, and I think if we want to talk about like gay rights. We kind of had to start, um, not that this wasn't the start of like the, like it was always been folks who advocated for equality, um, and love is love, but the Stonewall riots in 1969 was really the catalyst in this country and, and, and also led to the, to the gay liberation movement across the world, uh, especially the Western world, um, since we are talking from the perspective of the United States. But if we have listeners who are international and you want to talk about your own country um, or the East or the global South and, and LGBTQ movements there, uh, please do. So we're just talking about in the context of the United States because that's where we're at and uh, we're, we're dealing with our political system, which is 
uh, unfortunately regressing. But the Stonewall riot and, and the kind of a buildup before the Stonewall. Um, so obviously there was laws on the books and even so-called liberal states like uh, New York where it was sodomy laws. Some of those laws have recently been struck down. Like when I say recently, I'm talking about like the 2010s in many states. But they were still in the books in the 1920s and 40s. And as Brian said, people were persecuted and even, you know, uh, risked death. If um, even if you're in a consensual same-sex relationship, whether you're a man I, or I, woman, go ahead. I, w- I was surprised. I mean, I had a little bit of hometown pride that uh, Illinois was actually the first state to de- decriminalize homosexual acts between two consenting adults in private. And that wasn't even until 1962. Yeah, that's fucking insane. So this insane. is, like, extremely recent. Yeah, because, like, even in, 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 in Victorian age, um, London, and I'm sure it was in, in, in the UK, and I'm sure it was no different in the United States, like, you could be put to death for having a consensual relationship with someone who was the same sex. That's fucking insane. It's like someone, two consenting adults fucking each other, and they can die for it. So it's insane. So yeah. So and just just before we get into the Stonewall, because the Stonewall was kind of the you know culmination of all these yeah. things happening. It was really in the fifties that things really started to get momentum. I mean, some things because like you know the Red Scare, just how it the you know the Red Scare was used to suppress you know dissenting voices of all kind. It was used to attack the the uh, homosexual community. But then there was also the backlash and activists. And uh, I'm going to butcher this word. Do you know how to say it? But the, the I don't know how to say it, Mattachine Society, M-A-T-T-A-C-H-I-N-E. Uh, but it was a group that was formed in Los Angeles, California by activist Harry Hay. And it was the first sustained gay rights group in the United States. Uh, the society focused on social acceptance and other support of homosexuals. Um, various branches formed in the cities and organize, and the organization still continues to this day. Um, there was also visibility. Christine Jorgensen became one of the most famous transgen- transgender people when she underwent a sex change operation and but still had a pretty successful career in showbiz. Um, and then I also it was interesting to learn uh, Bayard Rustin um, was an associate of Martin Luther King yep. and he was a gay black man that actually helped organize the March on Washington. Um, so I thought thought that was pretty cool, and then yeah, and, was... and unfortunately, fuck the thing about that, he was set to speak at the um, march on Washington, and um, they 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 the leaders decided against it because he was, was openly, too progressive. Well, he was an openly <laughs> okay. gay man, so that was too progressive yeah. for them. And and also we got to think about um, um, James Baldwin, the famous um, author and playwright, uh, who was mm-hmm. a black gay man who spent the, a lot of time overseas in Europe uh, because of racist attitudes here in the United States and not to mention homophobia, but he is very open and, and, and to, to get, to be thinking of those in that era, um, for those individuals to be so open in a time when it was uber hostile towards, uh, uh, gay, lesbian and, and trans individuals and individuals who would be non-binary or, or how do you call it queer? And, you know, and Brian and I are talking from the perspective of, uh, two cis hetero, uh, guy, so like, uh, <laughs> I caught them enough in my sexuality to be like, hey, that that's not a bad looking guy. I can see why you know the girls lust over him, but you know, for all intents and purposes, well, I'm de- a it definitely, <laughs> it's just in- insane the amount of bravery it took just to yeah. be open in that time. But to be I in mean, that time, because I mean, even the '80s was pretty bad with Reagan and um, letting you know basically AIDS run through the through the uh, LGBT community 
and basically being like, well, this disease is here to kill, you know, it's God's punishment of gays, even though like AIDS doesn't, it's a virus, it doesn't care. Like as long as it you know can spread, that's all it's doing. So it was. I mean, I thought so it was, was kind of interesting that like it seemed like society started to care about that after Magic got Magic Johnson oh, yeah, yeah. got it, because then it's like, oh wait, you know, straight people can get this too. Oh, this oh, famous oh, basketball player get. Oh my god, it's like, and this is like you know, um, not disrespecting Magic Johnson and all that stuff. He's become a great advocate for um, you know um, AIDS, but it shouldn't have to take um, right exactly. him getting. Uh, getting HIV to like for folks to finally be like, oh, this isn't so bad, because when it was like the 80s was pretty bad. Like my wife always talks about it, um, because she, she does identify as um, bisexual, and she, you know she's a part of the LGBT community, and she hung out with a lot of um, elder, um, especially gay men, and some of them who were like, and, and when she was in college, you know, some of them who were like 40 and, and made it lucky enough to be 60, uh, for the most part, all their friends and all their peers died so sometimes they had to just date really young guys because it's like all the men their age were fucking dead all the gay men their age were many of them died and like just mm-hmm. imagine all your friends you come up with you know i mean you're, you're like it's like when brian's just thinking about it. we went to college together so it's just like half the people we knew and from college just like fucking died of some disease and yeah. just like it would be pretty fucking mentally taxing and, and fucked up and then that the society didn't care so uh, but you can continue uh, building up to the history of uh, Stonewall because we're we're jumping we're jumping through history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so and and um, leading up to that, in kind of the mid '60s, um, the group started to do what they call sip-ins because it was in many places, including New York, it was illegal to serve you know people who are uh-huh. openly gay. So they started to have what they call sip-ins, where play on sit-ins where they would openly open openly declare their sexuality at taverns, daring the staff to turn them away, and then suing the establishments when they did. Um, and at that same time, you know, similar to the protests, it actually started things to change in the legal system. Um, and it, it actually caused some, you know, some cases where they actually won. And, the you know, it was determined that the businesses, you know, couldn't um, not serve them just because they were gay. And it also had an effect... Um, you know, of course, as always, police are on the wrong side of history. So always <laughs> um, because, because it was, you know, banned in a lot of places to be openly gay or dress in drag there. That was interesting to me, too. They had what were they called? They were called three peace laws where you had to have at least three gender identifying or gender appropriate pieces of clothing on. Um, so I thought. But anyway, oh, so that, that, was, those laws are ridiculous. I'm like, what? like, wow, we're what telling people how to mean? fucking dress. I know. It's and like that was illegal to wear on. drag. And, like, <laughs> the fucked up thing is, um, prior to Stonewall and stuff like that, even some of the, the few uh, openly, well, few clandestine gay establishments that existed still were pre- prejudiced towards transgender individuals and, like, uh, people who were dressed in drag. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, they're they're in the same boat as you. They're, like, you're all fucked if, like, you... It's caught in the open. Like you can go to jail, you can get like, harassed or beaten. So it, it's just really interesting that uh, we need to think of the LGBTQ uh, community not as like this united front, but a very dynamic and and sometimes contradictory uh, uh, culture. Um, very diverse group. Diverse, diverse group. It, it's no different from the, the larger culture. So, um, yeah. yeah. And 
Well, so and so what I was going to say is that, as always, the police were on the wrong side of history because what would happen, because you couldn't be openly gay, what started happening was gay nightclubs started to form. A lot of them were run by the mob because, you know, regular establishments couldn't, couldn't um, accept them. So they so businesses, uh, you know, that were outlaws uh, decided to start opening up gay bars. And so gay people would go there to be, you know, have a place to to connect and be openly gay. And then so police would start always be raiding and harassing them and arresting them and beating them and things. Um, and that kind of leads us up to Stonewall in 1969. So do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so Stonewall was one of the, the famous uh, the clubs that Brian was talking about that was run by the uh, mafia, basically. And also what's interesting in these, some of, it would be, some of these clubs would have, an, and they would be clandestine clubs and stuff like that. You have to pay a fee to get in, and they'd be, you know, it wouldn't be known to the public. But the, the mafia would blackmail um very well-known individuals and well-off individuals who happen to be kind of hiding their sexuality um, and, and using that to blackmail them. Well, um, I guess um, Stonewall happened when uh, this was, it was another routine raid. The the bar wasn't tipped off. So they came in there and they started harassing and arresting people and beating people up. And has they, and I guess this was just kind of like, at the, you know, you can only push people against a wall so much. Until they, you know, you can only like attack a corner, you know, like the whole thing. The reason why they call it the Black Panther, the Black Panther Party, is like, you know, if you get a Black Panther corner, they have no choice but to attack. And 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 and, and in this way, you know, the police had been coming down on these establishments for years now, and this was finally the tipping point. So um, they were basically beating beating up this um, uh, queer woman, throwing her in a paddy paddy wagon, and she like. You know, encourage this crowd to be like, "Look at what they're doing to us," and people who are gathered outside the neighborhood. It was a, it was a queer it was a queer neighborhood, a clandestine as Greenwich Village in the '60s. So it was an unofficial gay neighborhood, and people who were patrons at the bar that they just raided, who got out in time, and then people in the community came together, and they were just like, "Here are these fucking cops doing this again," and they start you know throwing stones and fucking bottles and bricks and <laughs> they're turned into a, a full-on uh riot and uh one of the you know people known for the uh, and the thing is it was led by uh trans uh women uh, one of the people was uh, uh marsha p johnson who has a very inspiring but also um tragic life story because they were became one of the most well-known um trans activists of their day and and they went by she her pronouns um and they would be called a trans you know um uh, woman today, but in, in, their, in that time they were called uh, uh, transsexual, um, or so. Um, but they were kind of one of the pioneers, along with so many other countless people who you know will be lost to the, uh, history. But they just finally stood up and it started a riot, and it started a chain reaction because then at um, protests and riots uh, took place in New York um, days and months after that. And it kind of was a spark of the uh, gay liberation movement, and it came at the time of you know revolution and um, change, social upheaval. It was the '60s. But and I was surprised too. The the riots from Stonewall, the the protest and rioting lasted for six days. So that's yeah. almost a full week, you know, yeah. going across. And I thought it was interesting too. I mean, I know that Stonewall was kind of a key piece in the gay rights movement, but it it pretty much like did directly lead to like 
the term, you know, now gay pride and the pride parade, because uh, five months after the riots, activists proposed a, reg- a resolution at the Eastern Regional Conference of Homophile, Homophile Organization in Philadelphia, and they decided that a march would be held in New York City to commemorate the one-year anniversary of the, of the riots. Um, and uh, the proposal was made to uh, for an annual march the last Saturday in June. Um, and then it was also like when they were organizing the, the annual march, um, that's kind of when the suggestion came up to use the term gay pride because gay power was o- offered. Um, but they ult- ultimately determined, um, uh, determined to use the phrase gay pride. Um, and they, you know, would say, say it loud, gay is proud at the marches and stuff. So it kind of did directly lead to, um, you know, kind of the, the modern terms and parades and stuff that they have nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, um, you know, that was, you know, June 29th, uh, 1969. So, uh, I mean, it seems like a long time ago, but it wasn't, it was, you know, you're, talking about you know 50 plus years uh you're talking about the baby boomer generation yeah 50 60 (laughs) plus years ago um so not too long ago and and our you know in my parents lifetime um that that this was happening so um that's the reason why you know we just we kind of talk about history on this podcast just kind of know where we've been and where we're going so um stonewall kind of was the, the catalyst to the gay liberation movement and you know, all the changes that we've seen, um, and I think another big um, landmark uh, decision in in, 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 in in gay and LGBTQ rights was the uh, gay marriage, which decision came down in 2015. So it's a long gap, but a lot of stuff happened in between there, and obviously we're not we're not even paying its service to the and and the supreme court 2015 was actually a big shift because up until that the supreme court had consistently sided against gay couples um even there was a big case bowers versus hardwick in 1986 um where by five to four vote the georgia sodomy law that criminalized oral and anal sex in private between consenting adult was upheld as legal and that there was no constitutional protection for acts of sodomy um, and it wasn't until the early 2000s that that was overruled. So it kind of took decades of court cases slowly starting to shift the other way before finally in 2015, um, you know, the Supreme Court finally made gay marriage illegal, legal. And I, I actually just have a fond memory of I was at Electric Forest Music Festival in 2015. And it just so happened I was at this little event they were happen, having where they uh, – we were trying to break the Guinness Book of World Records for the biggest group hug, and at that moment, they like came over. They stopped the music and came over the loudspeakers and announced that gay marriage uh, had been legalized, and the whole crowd, you know, uh, went nuts and celebrated and stuff. So it was kind of just a nice moment. I have, I have a nice memory of that. Yeah, yeah, and I and I remember when that that came out. I, you know, the neighborhood we moved in was a little more affluent and, and, and very uh, LGBTQ friendly. Uh, so it was people celebrating, and I saw this. I remember this one guy in like his Jeep, and he was just like smiling ear to ear, and he had two giant rainbow flags on the side of the Jeep, and he was just like he kept driving around the block. I saw him like two or three times, and there's just like a celebratory feeling, um, and kind of um, gay marriage. So how that kind of came about um, in the landmark 2015 case, Ogre Fall, Ogre Ogre Gafel, butchering names as always. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's going to yell at me. Uh, versus Hodges, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that all state bans on same-sex marriage were unconstitutional, making gay marriage legal throughout America. 
The ruling was a culmination of decades of struggles, setbacks, and victories uh, along the road to full marriage equality in the U.S. And I guess the reason why this was important, um, and not the only, you know, this isn't like the end of, because I, I think people kind of think of that like how they think about uh, the civil rights movements. And like, you know, Dr. King said a speech, and I have a dream, and then they passed the Civil Rights and Voting Rights Act in 1963 and 4, and everything's fine. And for some reason, we have Black Lives Matter movement. So gay marriage wasn't like um, the end all, be all, in the end of like the the um, gay liberation. Uh, LGBTQ rights are still being fought for in every aspect of uh, uh, civil society. But um, why this is so important is you had so many same sex couples who spent decades, years together, and who had families that disowned them. Uh, especially you talking about the eighties and. 70s when it was you know less socially acceptable to be part of the lgbt community and yet you know you have your partner on their deathbed and you live together you have a house and all stuff and because you're not legally married which i I think like you know it's it's, i have a lot of thoughts about marriage even though i'm I'm married myself it's just like how can the state tell you who you love and who you're not and then you have to do this one thing to like that's it that qualifies you but as a married couple you do have benefits uh um versus unmarried couples so it's a reason to it um it being sacred and all that stuff whatever <laughs> it's like people who have been married like five or six times how sacred is that <laughs> so, so whatever i know I, I, we're getting off that that's a whole nother topic but the benefits that come with it and also being able to if you built a life of someone you have a family with someone and they die and like their family can come along who are, might be homophobic and assholes and take everything and everything you guys built together so this is why um marriage equality was such a, a important important uh, thing yeah i mean it's all it's still i think it's important for society to it's just important for people to feel accepted and feel that they can be who they are yeah. like i think it's it's interesting you know a lot of this um i hear conservative talking heads talking about like oh society's decaying that's why you know the amount of like gay people and, and transgender people is on the rise and you know, someone was on Twitter was showing the stats about during the Victorian era. Era, it was uh, seen. You know, being left-handed was to like be of the devil, so it was bad to be left-handed. Um, and so, and I even remember, you know, my my grandma grew up in the 30s. Um, she was left-handed, but she knew how to write right-handed because the nuns would like slap her, and they forced her to write right-handed because being left-handed was bad. Um, but so after that period, you know, in the early 1900s the amount of left people handed skyrocketed up to you know 12 percent of the population and it's maintained there since and it wasn't that all of a sudden there were more left-handed people it was just that it became more socially acceptable so that's exactly what you see happening you know there've always been gay people all throughout history it's just the more socially acceptable it is the more people can be open the more they're counted and everything yeah so that so that's what you see today so, you know, I like to think, you know, and, and because of all these people's struggles and, you know, the, the fighting, they were able to get the, you know, rights and feel more open in society. And I like to think, you know, that we've moved forward on this subject a little yeah, bit. Which is so funny why, like, liberals who are, like, lauding Bush because, like, he spoke out against Trump and he, and Michelle Obama and him are buddies. It's like, well, they're they're elite assholes. So, of course, they're all buddies. They, But Bush won a 2004 presidential election. Uh, because he said the terrorists would kill you and gay people would get married and destroy America as we know it. Uh, and I and I love the strawman arguments. Well, if people can get married, the same sex can get married, then people be able to marry their dog and their refrigerator. I'm like, well, no, but 
If someone, a refrigerator is not a consenting adult. Exactly. But okay. And a dog is not a consenting adult either. It's it's a being. I mean, we can have connection to our dogs, but I cannot sit there and talk to my dogs about like, what do you think about the four um, forces of nature? The weak nuclear force, gravity, <laughs> black matter, dark matter. You're like, they're like, I'm a dog. Give me a treat. That's <laughs> It's a pain. Hey, there's a lot of humans you can't talk about. Those exactly. Subjects. So I'm just like, it's, it's a dog. So I'm like, I can't marry my dog. Um, it's not a consenting, you know. But it, it is funny. Adult. Homophobia does bring out really stupid fucking arguments. Like the whole transgender thing where like, oh, if we have, you know, transgender people, then, then they're going to be raping women in the bathrooms and shit. And it's like, bathrooms are right fucking next to each other already dudes can already go in and you know be raping i'm like that shit doesn't happen it's such just a like a silly fucking stupid are are we all been like camping or some shit where everybody of no different same gen different genders like use the facility everyone's house is a co-ed exactly so i was like what the fuck like oh my god it's so it's so my god like i'm like look like I'm, i'm pretty sure the only good thing the best thing about the ladies restrooms um, is that there's not piss everywhere in a bar because like when guys right, get right. drunk and they go in a bed they pee everywhere except for where they fucking need to pee at. Um, I'm guilty of that too, so like I'm not saying I'm better than that. Uh, but guys, let's be honest, we're not as big as we think we are. So aim. <laughs> um, so so that's that's it's so ridiculous that I mean so we got to think. Um, gay marriage came out a decade before that. A president won a presidential election about basically being like we shouldn't let the gay people get married and then even in 2015 when gay marriage was passed they're still going through the bathroom bills that were attacked on lgbtq so we had a huge shift in our culture from like the 1990s to current and i think uh, that more lgbtq people were more visible in the 2010s you saw the rise of uh, more transgendered individuals who came to the public eye i'm thinking about janet mock i'm thinking about Lerone cox i'm thinking about uh chaz bono Elliot Page, uh, very, and, and their experiences are, you know, they, they represent, um, you know, hope for a lot of people in the LG, being LGBT community. Um, and their experiences are, are very different because unfortunately, um, that's not the case for a lot of trans people um, in this world. So for every successful, you know, transgender individual they are, there are millions of thousands of people who, who have far different experiences. Um, well, and, and you can tell we still have a lot of work to do because still disproportionately amount, a lot of queer folks are, you know, commit suicide or depressed. Um, yeah. And then also like with a lot of the trans folks, um, individuals who are trans, I think it's like nearly half a trans report being fired, denied employment or denied promotion for being trans. 90% of trans people report being has to work, harassed at work for being transgendered. So it's, it's. It's a, it's a struggle. So it's not, you know, even if you have these very prominent transgender folks um, and, and, and not to mention the wonderful show Pose, which featured, you know, trans women of color and, 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 and lesbians and gay men who are men of color. And it was a it's a it's a, it was a I'd say a, a really amazing show. Um, great characters um, It's one of the few shows I went down on IMDb imdb and most people give it positive reviews i mean there's like guys like um i'm i'm a rancher in montana but god damn it <laughs> i'm a fan of pose it's like the, the type of people you would never be like what the fuck you're watching this it's like it's a fucking good show it's kind of like um, <laughs> it's just like you'd be surprised so things like that can open people's minds and you just realize like oh there are people and it's a simple it's like 
they have the same flaws. You know, they might have shitty parents. They might have like financial struggles. They might drink too much. They might smoke too much. They might party too much. Uh, they might hook up with they're, random they're just people. people. They're just... There's assholes. I mean, look at like you know uh, J Edgar Hoover. <laughs> I yeah. consider like one of the most evil men to fucking ever exist. And you know he was closetly transgender. So yeah, um, you know it, it. Yeah, they're just people. So we should just accept them. Exactly. Just like, you know all people. <laughs> so, but I think because you had all this visibility, you know the rise of Ellen, um, RuPaul, you know all these very prominent lgbtq folks in the public eye movies more movies and stuff more visibility and, and let's be honest like the standard still whether it's you know in popular culture uh movies video games uh, all that type of stuff it's still the default is you know straight so when i hear people being like they're forcing a gay agenda upon us i'm like if i was part of the lgbt community they'd be like no you guys have been promoting a hetero agenda on us since fucking day one <laughs> And the fact that like it's so ridiculous nowadays. Uh, last year, you had uh, some alt right folks come together and said that they wanted to do a straight pride parade last June. And uh, it was some guy named John Hugo, who's um, some crazy right winger. We want tolerance. We want tolerance for everybody, not just the LGBT community. If fucking every most movies and romance novels, songs are you know dedicated to like. Um, um, not same-sex couples, but different sex couples. So man and woman. Yeah, hetero. Hetero couples, couples. Yeah. yeah. So I was just like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about, Well, dude? I mean, you can you can still tell it's, like, considered the normal standard because nobody says anything when uh, there's, like, a hetero kiss in a movie or TV, but you still have, like, conservative pundits. Like, you know, apparently there's, like, a gay kiss in the new Buzz Lightyear movie or something, and they're all, oh, my God, Disney pushing an agenda. It's like they're just showing some, you know, a couple kissing. Yeah, and, like, like, why is that? Why wasn't they trying to hide that from your kids? Like, they see you kissing. Hey, some of you motherfuckers probably have sex in front of your kids, and you think they're asleep, and then they come in the room, like, man, I want some milk, and they're like, oh, my God, you're attacking mommy. So, so. It's life. That's that's how we all got here, and, and it's just people showing aff- affection towards each other. So what makes it so bad when it's like a a, a, a same sex couple, or you know a non binary couple, or you know a tr- tr- someone who's trans and the other person might be you know cis or something like that, and they they're kissing. Who who cares? That, that's between them, and that's just people showing each other affection or you know lust or love. It, it it's all good, but I, I think. I think that rise of availability, because I even had a friend who I, I think he unfriended me <laughs> on Facebook because I, I kind of confronted him and his buddy, um, and they, they were religious. Um, and I served in the Navy with this guy. Um, he was like, oh, they're pushing the gay agenda. I'm like, dude, like, what? Like, you can just, if you don't like it, you can just, like, fast forward that part. And, like, even so, like, it's, I don't know, I think of all the movies that, I think, think of all the like movies that we've seen, like, you know fucking same-sex couples fucking and like you know some movies are damn near borderline pornographic and it's like no one's like oh my god this is horrible it's just like so whatever like they're, they're, it's, it's what people do like they have sex they kiss each other it's what <laughs> i think it's do. like you know a, a reaction to the progress that's been happening and i think that's what a lot of these bills are i mean if you want to talk a little bit about when i'll share i found a couple of websites that do a great job of tracking all the anti-gay and trans bills across oh, the, the aclu has done a really fantastic job at that site so if you want to yeah. uh-huh. post that we can post yeah, it. yeah we'll, um, we'll definitely share that but i mean you know it's it's across the country that these laws are starting to be passed within the last couple of years yeah um, but i mean I, even longer than that but let's kind of get into the uh so like I, criminal, I guess the the amount of them is increasing in the past couple of years. Yeah, and and the, and we so modern attacks on like um, 
um, the LGBT community because these these um, so like um, this is like the NBC News so um, and this is like an article from like 2000 March of this year uh, nearly 700 and uh, 670 anti LGBTQ bills have been passed filed since 2018 according to an ABC News analysis of the data from the American Civil Liberties Union and the LGBTQ advocacy group Freedom for All Americans. Uh, with nearly all the country's 50 legis state legislators having weighed in at least one bill. So even some of the most bluest states, because I know liberals are like, oh, that's just in the South. Nope. As Malcolm X said, you South as long as you South of the Canadian border. And if you, and if he was really, you know, if he was alive today, he'd probably be like, you're South as long as you're South, south of the fucking North Pole, because let's just be honest. Uh, throughout that time, the annual number of LGBTQ bills uh, filed has skyrocketed from 41 bills in 2018 to 238 bills in less than three months into this year, 2022. So we'll date this podcast, but that's been the, so these, and many of them anti, anti-trans bills, but many of them are attacking LGBTQ folks in, in general. And people who are like not part of the LGBT community, well, what does that have to do with me? It's like, has they, has that said in Nazi Germany, First they came for the communists, and I said nothing. Then they came for the for the uh, activists, and I said nothing. Then they came for the gays, and I said nothing. Then they came for the Jews, and I said nothing. And now they're coming for me, and there's no one to say anything about them coming for me because everybody's already taken. So it's a slippery slope, and people might think it's hyperbole, but we do live in a country where they enslave people. So, <laughs> and I was like, and you know, I was reading through the. So. I was reading through these different bills, and we we can use the the Florida one, which has been come to known as the "Don't Say Gay" bill passed by God Rod DeSantis. Oh, what a fucking, fucking psychopath, dude! That's, he might be our next he's president. Gonna be, he's gonna be, dude. He's gonna be because he's a fucking psycho, yeah. and he's smart too. Because I don't think he's a fucking dumb. He has a law, Harvard law degree. He's he's like Trump, but smart. Right. So yeah, I'm scared. Oh God. Oh God. That's gonna suck. But um, anyway, so he signed this bill and it basically um, instructed um, school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through third grade in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. So you might have noticed that's a very gay law. Like there's a lot of op- a very gay law, <laughs> a very vague law. Well, most laws are um, vague, and <laughs> and some of them are very, you know, I mean, no laws. I mean, I wish they had some gay laws. We we, we live in a much yeah, right. funner society. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Every day um, we should be fabulous. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be required to be. You're required to be gay, um, but. Uh, no, it's a very purposely very gay law because a very vague law. <laughs> oh my god, I did it again. There you go, purposely what? very vague law because what that does then it creates a freezing effect because a teacher then is like, oh, is this appropriate? Is it not? I don't want to get in trouble, so I'll just steer clear. So it has a very freezing effect, and you know, like just so many parts of that, like not age appropriate. What the fuck's age appropriate? Developmentally appropriate. What the fuck does that mean? In accordance with state standards. What the fuck are the state standards? Like, and it's the state all standards change all the time. So it just depends on who's Yeah. So, so it just is clearly, you know, it's like a red scare thing during the fifties, purposely very vague to 
just create this freezing effect and to stop this from because because that's what they ultimately when you really get down to what these people want they just want gay people transgender people to not exist at all that's exactly. what they really want so they we, we don't want to talk about it we don't want to see it we it's, just don't it's want no to no different from the anti-abortion laws and bills that they're proposing and trying to like outlaw abortion it isn't to keep women safe and isn't about the sanctity of life because as we talked about in our george carlin episode what's life is sacred because if if someone like gets, if a poor person kills another poor person and they get caught and go to jail in some states they have the death penalty so is, is that person's like if we think life is so sacred well they killed someone so they deserve to die well what about like you know the, the innocent people that we fucking bomb the shit out of in their countries because we got to get oil. I mean, we, we got to give them freedom. So watch out, Colombia, who just elected a leftist president. Uh, the U.S. might come down and give you some freedom. Uganda just found themselves sitting on trillions of dollars worth of fucking gold mines. Uh, so America might come there and give you all some freedom. But we never talk about the same thing like then. So, like, they don't. It's anti-women. And it's just they, 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 the, the laws are written in hatred. Just like these uh, anti-trans bills these anti-LGBTQ bills, um, it's all retaliation to the progress that's been made up to this day uh, for for that community. So the fight struggle continues. So anybody who thought like, oh, gay marriage passed, um, we have Ellen on TV, uh, everything's great. No, no, it's just like when Barack Obama became president, you still had the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement because just because the one or two people of a certain community become uber successful doesn't mean that everything's all good. And I know like conservatives love to be like, well, this person's successful. Why can't the rest of you? Blah, 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 blah. And, and it's bullshit. <laughs> and I don't want to uh, finish this podcast without mentioning. Um, it's become very um, in vogue for corporations to pretend like they're very gay and transgender friendly. Um but really, most of these major corporations are donating to conservative politicians that are very, have very anti-gay po- policies. Um, somebody on Twitter shared an amazing thread, and we'll retweet it on our uh, Twitter um, for Question Culture. But they basically were showing all these, you know, in Pride Month, all these corporations. There was, you know, Microsoft, Verizon, AT&T sharing, oh, happy Pride Month. We support blah, blah, blah. And then how much the insane amount of money they're donating to conservative politicians who are passing anti-gay laws all across the country. So please, those people, you know, people in the in the queer community, don't be tricked by these corporations. They are not on your side. They don't give a fuck about you. They just want to make their money. They'll say whatever they need to say because they want your fucking money. But as soon as you turn around, they'll go and support people that are trying to kill you. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost as ridiculous as like the FBI and CIA every MLK day being like, happy Dr. King, Martin Luther King Day. <laughs> and these motherfuckers are without a shadow of doubt the government was directly involved in this assassination. And that's not hyperbole because I had some asshole when I responded to the FBI being like, fuck you. <laughs> you you killed Dr. King. There was, his fucking family sued the federal government in, in the 1990s and they won because they found mm-hmm. um, without a shadow of a doubt that the government was involved with his assassination. They were fucking spying on the man. And all he wanted to do was fucking get black people you know, free, and also he 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 talked about the war machine and ending homeless homelessness. So really decent things, and he got shot in the head for it. So these companies saying, "Oh yeah, Happy Pride Month," while behind the scenes they're donating to some of the most anti-LGBTQ politicians in existence, and it's not just fucking Chick Fil A. Um, it's so many of these companies because 
they'll play every side because at the end of the day, they only care about their market share and, and greasing the palms of all the politicians so they can pass laws where they can get, keep getting away with all the fucked up shit that companies do. So shout out to my libertarians who think big business does it all by themselves. No, the government fucking gives them hands out every step of the way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so... Um, and then I think I'm uh, talking about the prior commercialization. I, I read this great blog, so I, I won't quote the art, author there. Uh, June is more than just a, um, the opener of the to warmer, warmer weather. It's talking about warm weather. It's fucking heat waves all this June. <laughs> it's also the month where we celebrate LGBTQ pride. Once upon a time, this was controversial, but now it's been repackaged, sold back to the world, and emboldened, embezzled with rainbow and a uh, rainbow flags and a smidge of social justice. So these companies act like they're progressive because like, oh, look, we support Pride Month and look at us, we're so great. And behind the scenes, they're supporting anti-LGBTQ politicians like Mike Pence and Donald Trump and Joe Manchin probably um, all the time. Well, he probably is. He's like a pro um, anti-abortion Democrat. And he's, I mean, fuck. If he's a Democrat, then like, well, that's, that's the best y'all can do. <laughs> and apparently, since he runs the country, since you know Joe Biden can't do anything with this one measly little senator from West Virginia, he has all this power. So, what can he do? He's just the president. He just has the bully pulpit. So, um, yeah. And then all these politicians too, same thing. They'll be like, "Oh, happy Pride, blah blah blah," and and make deals with these assholes behind closed doors. So, they're not on your side. The corporations or the politicians who are funded by the corporations, they're not on your side. Anything else you want to add before we get into solutions? Well, let's let's talk about, um, so one thing that came out this year, um, um, especially since the end of the Trump era um, and the last couple of years has been this critical race theory. And and, and people are like, how, well, how did this tie to uh, LGBTQ rights? Well, why they start talking about, look at these classic novels and books in school that were teaching kids about race. and like, oh, this is so bad. It's going to make white kids feel bad. They all made the pivot towards let's ban these books talking about race and like critical analysis of the United States. Shout out to uh, Howard Zinn, People's History of the United States. But then they pivot to any books that might have um, any type of portrayal of, of LGBTQ people in them. Uh, good, bad, and everything in, in the middle. So they start banning books. So Land of the Free, the freest country on earth, but you know, you can't read these books. You can't teach these books. That might make the kids gay or might might teach them about race. So it's the same game they keep playing. So this is actually censorship. So we want to talk about like, oh, you know, in China, they don't have freedom. They don't have freedom in China. Oh, look at Russia. They don't have freedom. We're banning books in this country in 2022. The more things change, like the more they change. Like it's Fahrenheit 451. <laughs> yeah, like, like it's Fahrenheit 451. Let's burn all these books. Oh, my God. You can't have people learning about diverse um, lifestyles and like reading about people who might look like them or or love like them and all that other stuff. So it's it's all it's all bullshit and bad for you. So just recognize the game because they made as soon as they started talking about critical race theory, they made the quick pivot to let's ban all these books that um, might be LGBTQ, including including amazing landmark books like The Color Purple, which. Um, I would I would advise anybody to read. Uh, you can read it for Black History Month or Pride Month or both. 
When, all right, and so what else can we do, Lornette? What are some other solutions that we can get to keep things going in the right direction? Rather, Because I am, you know, as the the courts are being stacked with more conservative judges that are once again blurring the line, you know, making the separate, diminishing the uh, separation of church and state, and I'm sure that'll go hand in hand with, um, you know, more conservative rulings against LGBTQ rights. Uh, so what can we do to keep things going in the right direction rather than regressing? Well, uh, one thing that we can do in our immediate like life personally, um, because I've been in these situations and they're, they're never comfortable. Um, and, you know, but sometimes you have, you have to stand up. And I, I hate finding myself in these situations, but I'm not going to like, if I want to be an ally, I have to be an ally, um, especially when no one's looking. Um, so if you have like, if you're around friends and family and they're like being homophobic or saying shit that's just like totally out of pocket, challenge them. I mean, I have a sister, an older sister. She likes to say the F word all the time. And I'm like, um, you do know our, our sister's like a gay woman. Like, um, so like, why are you using that type of language? Oh, she knows I love her, but I still like to say that, 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 like, but it's homophobic language. So like, well, you wouldn't like me if I was sitting around saying like, women are like this, the bees and hoes and all this other stuff. And you know, she want to like beat my ass. So I'm like, so I got to stand up. And I remember, um, I have one story. I was at, um, uh, so the student, uh, African-American brotherhood conference. And they were like giving these scenarios and they're like, who's a man? Who's not? And it was like, this 13 year old boy, he's selling drugs to support his family. He's a man. And everybody's like, he's a man. And there's a guy who's like, you know, bought his mom a house and he's, you know, a successful um, attorney. And like, you know, he goes to church every Sunday, but he also happens to have a husband or a boyfriend. And they're like, he's not a man. He's gay. I'm like, how's this 13 year old kid selling drugs because he has to survive? That's a man. No, that's just a kid in a fucked up situation. But this person who is like a well-adjusted adult who happens to have a boyfriend, isn't a man. And they were like, oh, Leviticus says it's wrong to lay with another man. It's like, you guys take what you fucking like out the Bible. Because there's a lot of shit in the Bible that's fucking ridiculous. I mean, the Bible also says you're not supposed to wear two different types of fabric at the same time. And that you're not... Exactly, or eat shellfish. Exactly. Or like, so you know, work on Sundays. And in this capitalist-ass country, must, everybody's working on Sundays. So get that shit out of here. So it's bullshit. So it was very uncomfortable because it's me versus like 30 fucking guys who are very convicted in their bullshit religious beliefs. And these are all fellow black dudes. Um, and not to say, and, this, and then get out of this misnomer, because I wrote about this on my blog, that the black community is more homophobic than, than the rest of society. Society is homophobic, and thus, we are part of that society, so we become homophobic too. So there's no individual communities more sexist or homophobic than us. We live in this fucked up country. So we have to fucking dismantle capitalism and dismantle all the isms and phobias to have true equality. And it's not just one group is worse than the other. Um, because they like they did that during the Obama era. Like, oh, look, the black people voted for a black president, but against gay marriage in California. No. And, and then you find out there was Mormon money behind that. And I'm going to be honest with you, the amount of black Mormons you meet, probably count in your hand. So. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't let niggas in that church until fucking 19, the 1980s or 70s. So, in fact, they said that black people were cursed. I think they also said that if black people were like true enough to, they would turn white. <laughs> oh like, uh, yeah, God. yeah. So you know, white is pure. So Brian, I guess I'm not fucking pure. <laughs> God damn it, I'm stuck. <laughs> uh, also, uh, for the parents out there, um, if you can, if you're not one of the parents who was working like three or four jobs and barely see your kids, um, if you have luxury, especially you middle class MSNBC watching folks who are worried about your democracy being stolen. 
go to the fucking PTA in board school board meetings. They're they're banning books that you know expand knowledge um, because they might teach kids about oh my god slavery, or they might have a, a gay character in there. Oh my god, the horror. Um, go there and fucking be like, fuck that. And even the folks who don't have children, you can go there too. You know why? Because you're a fucking taxpayer. Uh, so your tax money is going to the schools. So you shouldn't be, you should go to the schools and be like, you guys shouldn't fucking be in any goddamn books because kids need to learn. I think uh, public shaming elected officials is a good thing too. Like, I, I don't know, people like have, I don't know if people have heard of glitter bombing, but that's where people, you know, activists go to very, anti-gay politicians and throw a bunch of you know colorful glitter on them and stuff i think that shit's awesome um and just but you know like this country people be so asshole they're like what about civility and i'm like i don't think we need to be civil to politicians who are who are passing laws when you're passing laws that get people killed i don't care if you're getting glitter thrown on you no no it's just like during the trump era where people were cussing out people in his administration and all the liberals got clustered purses pearls and it was like what happens to civility uh, they, they're passing laws and they're fucking hurting people. I don't care if they're Democrat, Republican. I don't give a flying foot. If you're making laws and you're contributing to the, the hurting people, whether that's here in the United States or, you know, you're you're signing off on war bills that fucking go, gives the military license to go bomb the shit out of people in some foreign country, people need to be able to give the heat to you. And you're a fucking public official. So your decisions impact the public. So the public has a right to, if they don't agree with you, they should react accordingly. So if someone throws some glitter at you or throw a tomato at you or, or fucking yells at you when you come to their establishment, yeah, well, tough break. I not, I don't feel sorry for you. You're hurting people's lives. So, like, that asshole in the Supreme Court, what's his name? Uh, fucking. Which one? All uh, of them? Uh, all of them. Uh, <laughs> the one ass, Brett, they're all assholes. But Brett Kavanaugh, who, like, me, people were like, oh, my God, ever since the, that, that leak report came out, I'm being threatened. I'm like, well, you shouldn't be an asshole. Yeah. I mean, people are like, oh, you're advocating violence. Or I'm not advocating violence, but public shaming these assholes. I mean, you know. Making them uncomfortable, making people in power uncomfortable. Yeah, because the people in power have no power making us un- uncomfortable all the time. Keeping us low wages, passing laws that fucking hinder us from just living full, free lives. So if they feel a little bit uncomfortable and they might need to get extra security because someone might throw a tomato at them then so be it. And they should have a tomato thrown at them every time they go, go somewhere. Yeah. And I would say throw tomatoes because tomatoes are nutritious and good. <laughs> <laughs> if you got a bag of dog poop, take that and throw that at them. Um, and then your dog won't eat it anyway. So, you know, you can you know, clean up your yard and let your dog not eat the poop. Throw it on the politician. That's a fucking homophobic asshole. I think uh, anyone involved in the legal system at any level, too, we need to work on uh, justice, uh, reform to the justice system, quote unquote, justice system. I call it the injustice system. Um, But there's a lot of uh, transgender people are subject to the worst treatment in prisons. So there's reforms that are needed there. Also, as you know, we're learning the courts are getting stacked with more and more conservative far right judges. so there's clearly laws and rules and regulations and things that we need to do to start changing the justice system because ultimately they're the ones that are going to be upholding and deciding on, you know, <laughs> making major decisions on laws that will affect everyone else and affect the queer community. Um, so anyone and everyone involved in the legal system, um, please do your best to, to fight on the behalf of the queer community because, you know, a lot as we talked about with the gay marriage laws and stuff, a lot of this stuff boils down to the justice system and what happens there. Um, so we need to do a lot of reform uh, there. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, 
I want to talk about like um, one thing that we can help out the LGBT community is fight to end homelessness. Uh, about 40% of homeless youth are uh, part of the LGBT community. So that's a huge, huge, huge population of folks who are uh, who are um, kids. I mean, if I had a child, I mean, they came out as um, gay or trans or something like that. I I wouldn't be like, oh my god, like um, you gotta get out of my house. I had a son, not a daughter. Blah blah blah. Or like they came out as non-binary. I wouldn't. Like, that's my kid. I I love him no matter what. That's. I mean, I don't give a shit if they want to like be like dad. I want to be a you know, truck driver. All right, cool. I want to be a, a physicist. Cool. I've had a daughter. She's like dad. I'm a stripper. I'm like well, you know, you're, if she's a grown woman, like, whatever. You do what you gotta do. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Um, you know, whatever. Um, so like you should love your children no matter what. Like as long as they're not hurting anybody. Um, but if we want to solve that, uh, we gotta, you know, uh support programs that fight homelessness and support uh organizations that um house uh homeless LGBT LGBTQ youth. Um because many cure youth face bullying, physical violence in school, they have higher rates of suicide and depression compared with their peers. They can face sexual harassment, assault when forced out on the streets. They can be exploited by the police and other adults meant to protect them. So, yeah, that, they think that's one way. Um, and anyway, ending homelessness not just helps out LGBTQ youth. It just helps out lots of people, um, homeless families, uh, veterans who are homeless. So it's just one thing we can do. Um, another thing is direct action. So like as Brian and I mentioned um, the glitter bombing or, you know, taking a bag of dog poop and throwing it at a politician. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. If they want to act like shit, they can, should get hit with pals of shit. Uh, direct action. Um, protesting, activism. I mean, Stonewall riots. I know, like, in America, we call it a riot, but that was an uprising. Mm-hmm. It's all what we call it a riot. Oh, it's unacceptable. They're rioting. They're tearing up the own community. That didn't belong to them. That Stonewall bar belonged to the mafia who was exploiting them, probably ripping them off, too. Like giving them, you know, uh, watered down drinks and charging a premium to get in there because like Absolutely. they were the only game in town. So it wasn't like these places where they're owned by LGBTQ people. They were owned by like mafias who was ripping them off. So they can tear up their, you know, they're not tearing it. They're not tearing down shit that they own. It's not their shit. They're tearing down other people's shit. The people who are oppressing them. So I'm for all direct action, uh, whether it's you know uh, in a stonewall matter or you know uh, going about it the more civil way. Um, however you civil disobedience I'm all about that um, I've, I've participated in civil disobedience myself plenty of times in the past so and I've been arrested for activism so and this isn't to brag or anything like that or be like this is my credentials no if you want to see change in the world you got to start somewhere and you got to do it yourself and sometimes it means putting yourself out there and only a small number of people actually put themselves out there like that and nothing wrong with that but we shouldn't condemn those people even if you don't want to put yourself out there like that maybe you can support um, bail bonds for activists um, you can support organizations grassroots organizations that support trans uh and queer youth uh trans and queer people uh and fight for equality because the attacks are going to keep coming we have a rise of conservatism in this country and it's going to be a struggle so um and you got and there's a way to stand in solidarity so even if you have to have those uncomfortable conversations with friends and family who are being homophobic um, just you know, at the end of the day, people are people, and love is love, and let people be who they are. So if someone's trans or non-binary, 
that's them and let them be them. And, and, and how hard is it to say some pronouns? We say pronouns all the time. We refer to people as he or she. So if someone's like, call me they. That's call that. It's as simple as that. Your life it's the is, same as when someone tells me your tells you their name. It's like, my, can yeah. you call me by this? Okay, yeah, like that's yeah. not a problem, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's like, how's that so? Like, oh my god, like they're making me call them they and them. It was like, so, how's that so? Like, you say they and them all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's not so. Just kind of respect your fellow human being. I think that's the biggest thing. I I I, I had to learn over the years, and I had to learn, but like get homophobia. Um, and, and reprogram it because it's so ingrained in our culture, especially when we were coming up in, in the 80s and 90s. Uh, and as adults, I realized, like, look, you know, I, I've been hit on by uh, men. I live in Atlanta. <laughs> I had to get a off the time. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm getting old and fat now. It don't happen too much often. Uh, <laughs> but when I, you know, when I first moved here back in 2015, I fucking had guys talking to me all the time. I'm not gay, so I was like, oh, I'm sorry, guy. I got a, a, got a girlfriend. Um, so, well, at the time, she's my wife now. Um, so I did get married, ladies, so there is hope <laughs> <laughs> for you out there. Um, but anyway, um, I, I wasn't going to beat up a guy because he like, said, tried to talk to me. Man, fucking, if you do that, you're an asshole. Like, just, and, and, if that, and if that guy turns around and beats your ass because you tried to beat him up, you fucking deserve it. Yep. So, so, you know, it's, you know, so... Let people be people. Um, it's ridiculous. And I know like it's rooted in, in Abrahamic religions. And we talked about that on our, our religion podcast. So you can listen to that, how we feel about religion. But as George Carlin says, it's all, it's all bullshit and it's bad for you. All right. You want to get into quotes? Yep. Uh, so my quote is going to be from uh, the activists and uh, the trans activists and pioneer in Stonewall. Uh, her name was Marsha P. Johnson. Um, and she talked about kind of how she made her way to the world. Uh, I was a no one, a nobody from Nowheresville, USA, until I became a drag queen. That's what made me in New York. That's what made me in New Jersey. That's what made me in the world. And her story ended up tragic because she couldn't find stable employment because he was a trans woman in the 1960s and 70s. So they had to turn to sex work and the police claimed that she, she died by suicide because they found her in the bay of the docks and all her friends knew she wasn't suicidal um, and that she, a John had killed her. Um, and since the police don't care about, even to this day, uh, trans women of color um, and the violence that happens to them, um, they never got the justice they deserve. And this person, uh, from what I, from what I read, um, gave their life um, and, and, and didn't have much, but would you know give people money and help people out and didn't have much themselves. So it just, it's really sad in the world that uh, good people like that uh, can meet such tragic endings. Yeah. So. People should check out her story, though, because it's amazing. I'm an amazing human yeah. being. Yeah, yeah. All right. So as always, I had trouble um, choosing one, so I got two. One of them's a little more humorous. Uh, this is by Morgan Freeman. He just said, uh, "I hate the word homophobia. It's not a phobia. You're not scared. You're just an asshole." So I thought that was <laughs> funny. Um, and then the other one was just a simple one by Melissa Etheridge that says, "Love is never wrong," and I think that's the core of this issue: is that 
as long as people are loving each other like who are you to say what's right and wrong like they're not hurting anybody it's just love is love and anywhere and not only is it not wrong like love is a good thing and so if it's like two guys or two girls like if love is love is a good thing we need much much more of it in the world as society continues to decay there's going to be more and more hate and violence and we need more love so anywhere we can get it we should take it uh amen to that brother all right well, um, as always, I want to thank everyone for listening. Um, if you'd like to learn more about this topic, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Q Culture, Q-U-E Culture. Um, you can also visit Lornette's blog, The Evolving Man Project. And if you enjoy the podcast, please give it a like or a follow to help us get noticed. Thanks again for listening, and remember to question everything. Any views or opinions expressed on this podcast belong solely to Brian and Lornette and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that Brian and Lornette may or may not be associated with in any professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated.